Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silbert Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin, which also happens to be the campus of Nicolay Bible Institute, which is a one-year Bible college program that we host where you can just, uh, it's really for anybody. It's not necessarily, it's kind of like a gap year, but it's also like a, you know, here's some good, solid um, biblical teaching and skills and learning how to serve that can set you up for life, whether you go into ministry or not. It's great. Um, and we also have another ministry called the Wolf River Refuge, which is just down from the campus of Silver Birch Ranch, about five miles. And it is what I call a diamond in the rough. Uh, it's right on the Wolf River, and we have about eight cabins there. And it is just a very secluded, beautiful um, opportunity for small groups, youth groups, um, leadership teams, uh, families to be able to get away and just enjoy God and away from distraction. And so... Uh, feel free to check out any of us, um, silverbirchranch.org. Uh, we'll, there's links there for everything. Otherwise, nicolaybiblesinstitute.org or thewolfriverrefuge.org. But head over to silverbirchranch.org and you can find all of them. It'll be there easier. You, so, you know, um, and I, I would encourage you, if you ever want to go to the Wolf River Refuge and, and come with a couple or a small group or your family, and you want to sit and just talk about your, your life with a guy like Jason or myself or our director there, Aaron, who is a pastor as well yep. and has a pastor's heart, we would love to be able to just enjoy getting to know you and enjoy encouraging you to get in God's Word. Um, because if you make a conscious effort to change your place and change your pace, your perspective gets challenged. Yeah. And so that's an important thing to be able to do. And we're not in your everyday life, so we might be able to help you put some distance on some of the situations you're in and look at them from a different vantage point absolutely so uh, we encourage you get away with the those that your um your family and and maybe some of your friends or some of your small group and if you want one of us to come and just spend some time with you let us know ahead of time we'll see if we're available during that time and be glad to do it if we are yeah absolutely that's what we're here for it's yep. a great great opportunity now we we work with young people a lot and i'm always asking questions to them about their life and what they believe and why and and watching their life and saying, you must believe this because of the way you live. And they might say, no, I don't, because I believe something else, but I live this way. And it's like, eh, that doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> however, I am older, so they let me say what I want at this point. Um, and when, when you go through and, and you begin to say, I wonder what advice I could give somebody in their 20s right now. Mm-hmm. What advice could I give them? Yeah. My simple always goes back to the simple. If I'm not reading any article, I'm not doing anything. If someone came and said, what's the most important thing I could do in life? I would say, you need to know God. Yeah. That would be my first thing. Yep. And they might say, well, I, you know, I, I have my 10-minute devotion. I said, that's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That's not how you know God. You know God by actually looking for him. And the Bible says that if you search for God, you'll find him. Mm. So if you ever come to me as a young person and say, I just can't find God, I can't, I, I would say, well, then you're not looking for him. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I'm not a great counselor. <laughs> but because, I mean, you're to right. me, it's, it's very black and white because God made a promise there that if you're actually looking for him, yeah. you'll find him. Mm-hmm. So the only conclusion I can come to if you can't find him is you're not actually looking for him. Right. And, uh, and you look for him in God's word. If you want to know who God is, you open the Bible, you start reading it, you talk to somebody who actually knows God, 
mm-hmm. and lives in the Bible themselves and knows what the scriptures say. And if you want to know God, that's your responsibility to seek him. Absolutely. And if you do, you'll find him. So that would be my number one advice to anybody. Yeah. Uh, I don't care what age you are, actually. That would still be my advice to you. Mm-hmm. Um, my second bit of advice, personally, I mean, if you say, okay, boil it down to just the essentials. Okay, know God. Um, the second thing I would say is enjoy God. Hmm. Good. What do you mean enjoy him? Well, once you get to know him, you will enjoy him. So that's kind of a byproduct. It's kind of thrown in there to tell you that this isn't a religious exercise where you got to do penance and stand up and twist 18 times and, and tie your hands behind your back because you sinned 14 times yesterday or whatever it might be. It, this isn't what we're talking about. We're talking about enjoying who God is because he meant for us to enjoy him. Yeah. And then I would tell you to enjoy the people in your life that he gave you. Right. You know, you you have three kids, you're married. So I would tell you, enjoy your family. Mm-hmm. Enjoy being with them. Enjoy the seasons of life. Enjoy the craziness, the tough time. Enjoy. Yeah. It, it's going to change. So it would be those things. And then I would say, okay, one more, one more, just from your quick. Then demonstrate God so that others will know him through you. Yeah. And and really, if you look at our uh, Nicolay Bible Institute or camp, uh, uh, Silver Birch Ranch motto, it's to know Christ, to make him known. And and I just kind of summarize that. That's what it means. You yeah. spend time knowing God. And as you know him, you live like you know him. And so you, right. you basically um, are demonstrating that. And well, I don't think those are overly difficult things that I just said for people to do. No. I think anybody can do it. No. And if you listen to the show before, you know we always say love God and love others. Right. The same same concept, you know. Yeah. If you enjoy God, and then you'll enjoy others, and it's just that's the way He's designed us. That's the way He's built us. Yep. Well, there, I, I was reading an article, and there, this article has a, a title that grabbed me. It said "12 Essentials for Your Twenties: Empowering Christian Young People to Discover, Develop, and Become, Become and Be." Hmm. Part one of two, I guess. I have no idea. It is put out by Adriel. Booker. Booker. Adriel Booker. Whatever. Adriel Booker. All right. No, now, I'm not telling you Adriel Booker is somebody should run to and whatever else. I don't even know Adriel Booker. But I just thought, okay, the, she's given us some topics here. Let's see what her top 12 are if you're in your 20s. And uh, how old are you, Jason? I am 36, almost 37, Dave. So Jason is not in his 20s anymore. Not anymore. I'm just a... Uh, and we're not talking about IQ here. Touch behind we're, you. You know, we're talking about age. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I mean, you know, I said that and I go, I don't even know what a good IQ is. So I, you know, I, I, all those that actually know that probably found that funny. But I, I'm sitting there going, if you told me this number was a good IQ number, I wouldn't even know that because I've never really thought about it. You know, I'm pretty it sure be. it wouldn't be a good IQ number in your 20s. Yeah, all right, good. Well, if you're if you're in your 20s, you're probably not listening, I guess, then. Um, as far as IQ goes, the first thing she said is exactly what I just said. Her, no kidding. Yeah. Her first thing is discover God. There you go. So, um, now I don't know that I agree with the way she said, don't get overly wrapped up in doctrine. Well, doctrine is just truth. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know about overly wrapped up in doctrine. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, I think you need to seek God and seek the truth. And and truth is really truth about God. We call doctrine. I mean, yeah, it, 
That's just what we call it. So maybe she's saying something fine. And, um, and, and I think that anybody that actually knows God has this really weird thing happen to them. They start acting like they know him. Mm. Yeah. And that changes everything about life. Right, right. Um, and there's no way to actually get that without knowing God. Mm-hmm. There's no way. You can pretend, but that doesn't last. Right. And it won't last. And everyone will have you found out quickly. It's really best to discover God. So the second thing they say, and I'll let you talk about this one a little if you want, discover identity. 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 When you know you are somebody. Yeah. You now, what go, makes you... You're wasting Im- time trying to be somebody. Yeah, what makes you important in life? Yeah. And if you can't answer that, if you say money or relation... No, what is it? You know, w- what I found in life is if if you understand truth and you understand why you're important, it can never be taken away from you. Right. No matter who tries to, it can't be. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember as a kid, I, I, I went through some time where I was in a wheelchair, in and out, and in crutches, and I had some, some bad things with my legs. And, and I was the kid at a Chicago public school that everyone made fun of. I mean, I was that kid. You know, I was a conservative kid. I was overweight. I was not uh, athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you become that kid that right. is easy to pick on. And I just thought, you know, that's just the way life is. And when I got to high school, I started to swim. It was the only sport I could do. And, and I remember my first race was a 100-yard freestyle, so I swam. And I was uh, the, in our pool, the pool I was swimming, it's four laps at that point. In our home pool, it would have been five, but it, we were away. So it's four laps. And, you know, when you swim, you can look at the crowd, you know, as you take a breath. And I remember people laughing because I was, there's supposed to be a sprint where you touch out. And I was two laps behind out of four when the other guys were getting out. Yeah. So I was really slow. I mean, it was bad news, and, and of course I was being made fun of, until my coach and my brother, who was on the team, got in between me and the crowd. Uh-huh. And, and they walked along the side of the pool and cheered me on. Hmm. And, and I really, from that point on, I, uh, I would have done anything for those two at that point in my life because yeah. they were the two that believed in me. Now, what's interesting is a, a year later, I went undefeated in swimming. God just changed my body, did some things, and it was really a weird moment. But, but what, what I learned from a lot through that was there are times in your life where you're in a wheelchair. There are times where you're the worst athlete that ever walked out on the field. And that has nothing to do with who you are and how important you are. Yeah. And, and I had to learn that as I've gone through life, that my identity never was tied to the fact that I was good at something. In fact, uh, you know, I've told you and others, I got cut from a no-cut baseball team. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the same response everyone has. <laughs> my dad had that response. My brother had that response. And it's like, huh? Like, how do you get cut from a no-cut baseball team? Yeah. And, and my brother just looked and said, because he's that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. And my, of course, my dad, I try not to laugh at that one, but That's it was right. like, so he actually marched me down to the, in Chicago, there's a, a park district superintendent Yep. and he lived on a block away from us. So we marked down there and talked to him and, and the superintendent, I had to go through that all again. Cause my dad told him he got cut from a no cut baseball team and he goes, you did. <laughs> that, that's one line you don't want to use as a kid. Yeah. I got cut from a no cut baseball team. 
And so uh, the, the, the thing is, they forced me, they forced the team to take me. Exciting. Oh, yeah, it was. They didn't even have a uniform for me. <laughs> so I had to use a, an opposing team's uniform, and my mom took the letters off. I remember I was supposed to be on the Angels, and it was some other team. And she took the letters off the uniform and, and, and took one of the A's and sewed it right in the middle. Well, I was the only that, one. That helped this, this situation. Oh, that was, that was wonderful. And then the reason they picked that team was because they didn't have any more hats. But my brother had a hat from the year before, and I could borrow his. So I had, to, I had an old dirty hat, That's a scary. uniform with an A on it, and I stunk. And you probably sat in the dugout. Well, they have to play everyone. So, you know, I got my chance to. So you played right field. I did. And I got there a chance go. to count how many four-leaf clovers were out there. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's like yeah. everything that's stereotypic about a bad baseball player as a kid, I was it. You know, you I, mean, I, was, I was I was not. Now, today I laugh about it because, you know what, I wasn't a good baseball player. Right. So what? Right. That wasn't my thing. Yeah. And everyone in that time was judging. I did become uh, an undefeated swimmer. I played football in college, was voted All-State in college. I I played hockey. I just wasn't a baseball player. Right. It wasn't my sport. And that's fine. Yeah, but I didn't learn. At that age, you have to learn that. Yeah, right. Well, I think she's right. you got to discover your identity. My right. identity isn't about what I can do, whether I have money or not. Mm-hmm. It's not about who I hang out with. That's not my identity. Yeah. My identity is from God. When you look at, and th- this is something I think, you know, Jason, our culture is trying to rip away from everybody. Yeah. Because the Bible basically says that while I was in my mother's womb, mm. God crafted me. Right. Now, what our culture is trying to say is you can eliminate that tissue. That's a different message. Completely. Yeah. No wonder we feel like accidental blobs of protoplasm. Yeah. You know, because they're saying you're not worthy of life mm. until I want you worthy of life. And that's not how it is. Yeah. Likewise, if you go back even further, the ramifications. And I invite people to go back to our other program and download it because we were talking about ramifications of decisions. But you go down and, and look at uh, how we're trying to say that evolution is how the world came into existence. Well, if you believe the evolution bit, then you believe that you were an accidental blob of protoplasm in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Now that's consistent with why we can abort babies, because all you are is an accidental blob of protoplasm anyway. Right. Okay, there's where all the danger is. You're believing lies. The The world wasn't evolved. It didn't come into existence by accident, and you weren't created by accident. Right. So when you put get rid of the lies, you begin to realize, you know what? I have value because God created the world and he said it was good, and he had me in mind with that. Mm-hmm. And he created me in my mother's womb. He gave me the looks I have, the personality I have. He gave me all that. And yeah. now you're thankful, and you live in a different way. And that's really important for us to be able to that's grab. That's very important. You know? yeah. I mean, your sons, I mean, how do they get there? That's the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a good parent today needs to let their kids fail. Yeah. They yeah. need to fail. Right. And they need to talk to them about it when they do, how, how that doesn't affect their identity. Mm-hmm. 
You know, um, your son likes to fish. Loves to fish. Does he get fish all the time? Not at all. So he fails. Yep. Good chance to talk to him. Mm-hmm. You know, your value isn't in the fact that you only get fish. Yeah. And that may seem simple, mm-hmm. but there are people that get a lot of fish. Yep. So now you think, well, what, how, uh, you know, I'm not as good as they are. Maybe not at fishing. I wasn't good at baseball either. Yeah. But, you know, if I would have stayed with baseball, honestly, and someone would have taught me, I might have been okay. Yeah. But I didn't like the fact that those pitchers were throwing the ball at me. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. That was it. Yeah. I mean, so many people in that league got hit. Oh, yeah. It's it's a stage of little league. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not standing here. So they would wind up and pitch, and I would run out of the batter's box because, (laughs) you know, the ball's coming at my head. And I'm thinking, I'm not standing in here while he throws a ball at me. Yeah, right. right. That was my whole thing. I just wasn't good because of that. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, discover identity. So your identity needs to be in Christ. In Colossians 3, 3, it says you're, you died and your life is now hidden with Christ. Mm-hmm. I am. Um, think about this, Jason. What, if you become a child of God, that means that you've understood your sin you, you've put your trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you're in God's family. The Bible says that we're co-heirs with Christ. Yeah. What does that mean? That means we get to inherit what Christ inherits. That's right. You know. You know, I have two daughters. If something were to happen to my wife and I today, they get everything we have. They're co-heirs. Right. It's equal. Yeah. They're co-heirs. They get the same. I don't know how you and your wife will do that eventually, and I think a lot depends on how your kids respond as they grow older, mm-hmm. whether you want to leave them anything or not. <laughs> you know, I mean, honestly, if if, yeah. my, if my kids were out there pushing dope and stuff, I would be thinking, you're not, you know, I'm changing my inheritance rules yeah, uh, because of the fact that you're living in a way that I don't think this would help you. Yeah. And and still, as a parent, even if you die, you want to help your kids. You don't want them right. to have something that's going to hurt them. Mm-hmm. But if you if they're co-heirs, they get the same. And and I look at that with Jesus when I'm called a co-heir, and I think, I don't deserve to get the same inheritance that Jesus gets. Right. But I do. Mm-hmm. And and now I'm thinking, who am I? I'm a child of the king. Yep. I'm a co-heir with Christ. I'm in God's family. I'm with him. Now that changes, even though I can't play baseball. Right. See, the baseball becomes way down the list. <laughs> That's right. And there's other things I don't do well either. I I don't knit well. That's yeah. I could see that. Yeah. No, not very good. Um, <laughs> and and there's a. I mean, God has created us each uniquely different. Absolutely. And that's the thing that we have to understand is that you know even what you said you know God knew us. He knitted us together in the womb. And so oftentimes, especially nowadays, we try to compare ourselves to other people. And that's somewhat unfair because I'm not the same as you, Dave. No. You and know? there's a lot out there to compare with the media. Yeah, absolutely. Because the media is trying to tell you, no, you want to be like that. Yeah. You know, but be you, you know. And that kind of goes into the next point in this article is discover your calling. You know, because once, you, once you're, once you you know, loving God, uh, finding out who he is, it impacts you your understanding of who you are and it helps you discover, all right, because I know that who I am, then God has created me this way. So that way I can do this. Right. You know, and, and I would say that this is a, 
an area that a lot of 20-somethings focus on, probably more highlighted than others, yeah. you know, especially as they, you know, well, what do I do next? Yeah. You know. You know, if you're ever doing that, I I do believe, if you believe everything we've said so far, and, you know, this isn't far-fetched, you should. Yeah. God created you, loves you. It, what happens is then you go, okay, then he created me to do something. Right. It's a natural progression. Yeah, so, so what is it? Yeah. Um, I love art, and I'm a terrible artist. Yeah. So I cheer artists on. Hey, I mean, Picasso was a thing. Yeah. Well, Maybe I, you could be the next Picasso. I could be a Jasper Johns, too. I could throw a broom handle through a stool any day and call it a sculpture. Yeah. Or who is the person? All right. All the art people just died out there because I'm making fun of somebody. <laughs> was it a couple of years ago somebody duct taped a banana to a wall? Is that art? I, I don't know. I, I can do that. Right? I need to broaden my horizons <laughs> a little bit here. <laughs> Yeah, no, you know, if you want to uh, complain about this art segment, um, jason.comper <laughs> right, right. at org. Thank you very much. Send me your artwork. Yes. Um, the, the interesting thing, though, is, I mean, there's a logical conclusion to everything we're saying. If you know God, you know that he created you. If you know he created you and you're in his family because you've accepted his gift of Jesus Christ, you're co-heirs with Christ. So now your value is done. Now you realize I was created to do something. Mm-hmm. I promise you, you weren't created to just take up space. Right. You weren't created to just breathe and stay alive until you die. That's not the goal. Mm-hmm. Because all of you will achieve staying alive until you die. That's just one of the things that happens in life. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I, Simpl- I mean, Simple it, but profound. It, it is. I mean, oh, I hope I make it till I die. It's like you will. No, you will. <laughs> That's one thing I can tell you for sure. <laughs> it's like... This is not even hard. I'm not even a philosopher on that one, you know. However, again, young people will look at that and go, "Oh yeah," because I'm I'm concerned that I won't. You won't want. You won't make it till you die. You will. What what shape you're in? I don't know. Yeah. But see, you weren't created to worry about and to worry and to and to just go after money. Mm Mm-hmm. You're created with a special ability, a special skill that God gave you, and it always will have to do with faith. It will always have to do with pointing to God. So if you're not involved in that, then you're not going to discover your calling. Mm -hmm. And not only that, I I would encourage you, if if you're young and trying to figure out your calling, go back to the Bible and look at things that God said, this is my will for you. There's things in there already that are going to be your calling, whether, you know, you don't have to pray about it even. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to get married, I can tell you that you're calling. You should, you know, if you're a female, you marry a male. If you're a male, you marry a female. And you stay committed to that person for life. That's your calling if you're married. Yeah. So you go back to the Bible and you start adjusting your life according to the things that are already there. And when I find people doing that, they slip into their other calling pretty easy. Because now it's, oh. I'm doing these things the way I'm created to do them, and then these opportunities start to show up, and I start taking them, and it's like, boy, that's fun to see how that works. So yeah. discover your calling. Discover your calling, yep. Number four, develop your character. You know, I think this is this is so important because, uh, you know, once you figure out what God has called you to do, you know, it's kind of like what, the simple thing that you told that one guy, you know, do you know God? We'll live for him, or, yeah. right? Is that what yeah, you said? Yeah, uh, well, if you know God, why don't you act like act like it you know and so it's that same idea i think is is kind of the heart behind this one it's like you know what if you know your calling 
you know, live your life in a way that fulfills that calling. Yeah. You know, you know I must have done this as a kid because I was often called a character. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess we're talking about a different kind of character. Touche. <laughs> Touche. Yeah. No, I, I, honestly, it's a character. It's, you know, the question I would ask myself or anybody, what would make you abandon what you know is true? Mm-hmm. The answer should be nothing. Nothing. Then you are a person of character. Yeah. And how do you develop that? That's the question. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you develop it when you get out of a, a grocery store, you saw something in your cart you forgot to pay for. Yeah. Walk back and pay for it. Yeah. That's how you develop character. Right. When you, you, let's say you finish your taxes and you realize a month later you forgot to say all this income, you report it to the government. Yeah. You say, oh, man, I got to wait. No. See, character won't let you do that. Mm-hmm. Now, you, it, it, char- being a person of character is always less convenient. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I had, a, I had an example of that in the spring. I mean, every summer we do a slip and slide, mm-hmm. and uh, we take these huge tarps, duct tape them together to make a hundred foot by hundred foot slip and slide. And so we get get it from a local store, you know. And so this spring I was got it from a local store along with a bunch of other stuff, and paid for it. And 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 when the total came out, I'm like, that doesn't seem right, you know. But I was kind of in a hurry, and so I'm walking out. And as I'm walking out, I'm like studying their seat, you know, because usually there's somebody behind you in line, so you right. can't just stop there. So like right. you're, you're kind of moving and you're kind of processing, you know, I think we've all done that at right. some point. And I'm looking, none of the tarps showed up on the receipt, uh, you know, and, and it's not cheap, right? you know, and so in that moment, it's like, oh, you know, you have that moment right. that shows your character. Right. I could have said, oh, awesome. We got a free slip and slide. Thank you, Lord. This is great. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for providing. Thank you for cheating for me. Or I can go back in. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, my wife was with me helping out. I'm like, I got to run back in. So I brought it all back in and I went to the register. I'm like, I'm like, excuse me. I'm like, I'm like, this isn't on my receipt. I need to pay for it still. Yeah. You know, and so then I end up paying for it. But it's in those moments, you know, of, you know, what are you going to do? And you know that that by the way is unusual. So you need to work at developing your character. And I know it's unusual because it's happened to my wife and I enough, where we'll bring something back and the the person says, "Why are you doing this?" Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's like a small item, even. Right. You know, why are you bringing this pack of gum back? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? And that even happened in my experience. Yeah. Like the cash register was like, almost annoyed. I'm like, "Hey, I, pfft, sorry, yeah. <laughs> sorry." Yeah. You know. You got away with it. Why didn't you just leave? Right, right. Well, yep. because my character, they, I want to deal with people who will do right things. Right. And, the, and and being a parent for me accentuates it all the more. Like if I were to even put myself in, the, like say my son was in my shoes and I was aware of it, man, how proud of a father would I be right. if my son did that? Right. To know like, man, he gets it. And it's the same mentality for us. And it's those people you're going to trust in life. Yeah. Because they have character. There's a bunch of other things here we're not going to get to. And I would encourage you, if you get to those things, you're going to be well on your way to being who you should be no matter what age you are. Right. Even if you get to these first couple, and we'll have to pick up the last ones in this article at a different time. But unfortunately, as we keep talking here, we always run out of time. But I'd encourage you to head over to silverchranch.org where you can re-listen to this podcast or other ones that we do and and just – 
just listen and be encouraged and maybe there's different thoughts that'll hit you in a different way just to challenge you and uh, and to push you to love God, to love others, and to even put yourself in a situation where you're challenging yourself. If you're not being challenged, then I would say figure out something that can challenge you to mold you and shape you into the man or the woman that God has called you to be. But for now, that's all the time we have. So this is Jason Dave on Younger and Older. Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.